perhaps we shouldn't be talking so much about digital education as post-digital education. I say post-digital means we, we haven't done past digital. It's more the idea that digital is embedded in everything we do. Hello, I am Helena Planert. Welcome to the New Work and Organization podcast hosted by the Planet and partner Think Tank. And welcome to our guest, Henrietta Carbonell. Henrietta, welcome. Thank you, Helena. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm really happy to be here today. We are happy to have you. So, Henrietta, you work with the Educational Development Unit in Distance Learning at Unidistance Suisse and support teams in designing their online courses. And you also carry out research in digital education. You have many years of experience in this area and also many years of experience as an academic teacher yourself. You have a PhD in economics and hold also a master in digital, digital education. So welcome again, also on behalf of Campbell, my co-host and our mascot and an advocate for the long-term view. Today, we will be tackling a topic in your area, which is an exciting and rapidly evolving field, education and training in a boundaryless age. So let me ask you, what led you to be focusing on this subject? So I started to focus on digital education when I was teaching micro and macroeconomics in a bachelor program. I was teaching in a traditional on-campus university in Tokyo, and I'd see my students two, three times a week. But after class, I was often frustrated because we didn't have enough time to discuss topics and to apply them. I spent a lot of time sharing theory, and there wasn't enough time for the discussions afterwards. So I tried to find a solution, and in it, Initially, I flipped my classroom, having students read the textbook, and then so that we could have time to discuss um, in the classroom afterwards. This didn't work. Understanding shifting curves, movements along the curves, shifting equilibria is very complicated if you're reading a textbook and looking at a static graph. And for first-year bachelor students, that was asking too much. Even the most motivated ones have difficulty in understanding. And so finally, um, at the Development and Economics Education Conference in England, uh, I got the solution. It was using videos. So this might seem obvious post-COVID, uh, but at the time that was pretty new. Most traditional universities didn't use videos in normal classes, but this allowed me to fit my classroom. Students could watch the videos at home in their own time at their own pace, check their understanding with easy quizzes, online quizzes, and then in class, I could go over the difficult parts and focus on uh, discussions, applications, and at last I had time for what I really wanted to share with my students. So that's what brought me to digital education. Okay, I see. And uh, so I see that uh, brought your students forward. So that's probably part of what motivates you. Can you describe what, uh, why, why, what makes you passionate about this topic? Because, so this was just a, a little part of what digital education has to offer. There's so much that you can do 
with the new tools today. And there's an expression I like is you can learn with the world, in the world and for the world. And I think these tools or these technologies allow us to uh, speak with the world. We can have like we're having the conversation today with in two different cities and we're having a conversation. We can bring students to meet other students from other universities. We're also learning in the world. Our students are at Unidistas have uh, it's an online university and our students typically have jobs carrying uh, duties so they're all over Switzerland some are across Europe and even others across the world and so they are bringing the learning we give them into their learning environment their work environment and on the other hand they bring the experience from work back into the classroom it's a virtual classroom it's no longer classroom but they're bringing back that experience so we're really working and exchanging with the world and last for the world we could it, uh, like today with this podcast we can share our findings much more easily with a greater number of people than we used to be able to do on an on-campus university so it really is as you mentioned at the beginning boundless however I just wanted to mention that however many opportunities it opens up. Uh, it is not the solution promised by ed tech companies. It's not going to make um, magically education more efficient, democratic, equal, open, etc. It also closes doors. It also makes access more difficult for certain people. Uh, it's a complex problem. And that's also why I'm passionate about it, because it's so there's, there's so many different aspects that need to be taken into account. It's not just plug and play or plug and learn. It's more complicated than that. And I think studying this complexity and seeing how we can make it uh, work for the learning and teaching is uh, what makes me interested. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Indeed, there is this boundaryless aspect, potential, but also it is complex, the, the implementation. The good implementation is complex. How would you describe digital education in a nutshell? So for me, digital education is anything where there's an element of digital technology, whether hardware or software, PowerPoints, beamers, computers, uh, the learning management system, Mobile phones, quiz games we might play in class, uh, in-class survey systems, online books, PDFs, but also social media for more informal learning, perhaps. Virtual reality, I think you'll have a podcast on the topic soon as well. So that, that's an important uh, new element. So anywhere where we have digital technologies, but perhaps we shouldn't be talking so much about digital education as post-digital education. I say post-digital means we, we haven't gone past digital. It's more the idea that digital is embedded in everything we do. And as I mentioned, the examples I was giving, a lot of them are related to traditional online universities. They're practically as digital as a fully online uh, university. It's just a question of um, degree. So we're in a post-digital world where the digital is embedded in everything we do. We shouldn't have a dichotomy between online and on campus. But think of the digital as everywhere in our lives. Yes, indeed. Yeah. 
so uh, you mentioned the complexities and the challenges also to overcome. Can you elaborate on that? Um, so complexities, um, the, the the challenges in particular. Also, uh, I think we we can see clearly, and you have also already mentioned the potential of boundaryless education. But you also mentioned challenges and um, potential difficulties to overcome. I, I think it's important to think that digital technologies are not a tool. I mentioned tools at one point, I think, and then correcting myself to use the word technology, because it's not a tool you can use and something will happen. You can't say, add a forum and you'll have interaction. It doesn't work like that. It's much more complex in that it depends on the social aspect, what you're asking the students to do, whether there's trust within the system. So there are lots of the aspects you need to build at the same time. And technology is only one small part of it. You have to, the technology is entangled in the whole system. There's the content, there's the pedagogy, there's the political uh, choices a university might make or um, a company might make. There's the economic aspects of these tools that uh, companies are pushing or uh, open source. So there's a lot of different elements around it which will affect the, tool, the technology and affect how it works, how it's accepted. It might be planned to be used in one way, we might use it in a different way. So all these mean that it's not going to be exactly as you plan it. But that makes it exciting. That makes it also, there's lots more possibilities that we might be, not be thinking of. And I think it really is important to take, uh, to try and understand what it can do, what it can't do in our everyday life. What I would say is that you have to always come back to what's most important in education. What's the purpose of your course and what are your values? And based on these two elements, decide whether using a technology is the right way, try it out, see whether it reaches your object, the objectives of your course, but you'll have to uh, tweak it and adapt it as you go along. There's no one solution. So based on what you have said, I would like now to ask the Campbell's question on behalf of my co-host. The Campbell being our advocate for the long-term view would like to know where you see future trends and uh, long-term impact and especially also the long-term positive impact. Right, so the future trends first, I think there's so many, I'm sure I'm going to forget some. But um, as I mentioned before, virtual reality, augmented reality is one important area with lots of research happening at the moment. Uh, gamification is another area. Uh, new learning environments, from learning management systems to social media. There's a lot of new areas we can, we're, we're testing, we're trying to use, uh, which open up possibilities to those other ones. One major trend uh, that is impacting Udi Distance very much at the moment, and I think all universities and workplaces, is uh, AI. How are we going to use AI in the future? What skills will we need in the future? around AI, to use it or not to use it? Um, how can we use the large language models, for instance, uh, to teach? How can we make sure our students are still learning despite using these tools, what, uh, where they have to learn? Uh, 
uh, what are the risks, what are the ethical aspects of them. AI in general also, personalized learning styles can be useful, but what, what does it take away from the interactiveness of a course? So all these trends, I think, are very important. As for in positive impact on the world, I mentioned opening up universities a lot more in both directions, working with the rest of the world. One important limit, though, is perhaps UNESCO's latest technology and education. Uh, the first key message they said is there's little robust evidence on digital technologies added value in education. So we have to be very careful that we don't think that technology is going to solve all our problems in education. Um, that's not hasn't happened in the past. It's not going to happen in the future. It's part of the puzzle, uh, but it's only one part of the puzzle. And we still, I think, the, the positive me me uh, message I'd like to share is focus on the purpose of education, focus on our values, not on the technologies first. Thank you for this outlook. Now, back to the present, back to hands-on. What would be your top recommendation for organizations who are either in education or conduct corporate training, as almost all organizations do? So start with what you want your people to learn and achieve by the end of the course or the training then see how they're going to acquire these competencies and this knowledge. Technologies can help you do that. It allows a lot of flexibility. Uh, you can learn at your own place, uh, in your own time. Use this asynchronous, the asynchronous ability of um, digital learning spaces, virtual learning spaces. We used to have to be at the same time in the same place. Now we can do things uh, at different times when we have our time at our own pace. And I think we can use this asynchronous aspect of online education a lot more than we do. It means that we're not being limited to one hour together and the discussion ends when the bell rings, but we can continue the discussion uh, online. We can take time to think. We can include more people uh, in the discussion. And I think that's a bit... Uh, a big value of um, digital education. Indeed, the asynchronous element is a particular property of digital collaboration, which, which is powerful. So thank you for this recommendation or recommendations. So is there something at the end that you would like to highlight in particular? I think we're at a time when we're discovering a lot of new technologies, that lots of things are happening. It's important to try them out, have fun, uh, test them together with the people who are learning and have open discussions about how they work for the teachers and for the students. Um, it's, I'd like to finish on the fact that it is exciting. There's a lot of possibilities. We shouldn't go down the dystopian side. We shouldn't think that it will be the solution to everything, but I think we can try it out and uh, continue learning together. It is exciting indeed, and many thanks for being here with us today. It has been a pleasure uh, having you, having this conversation, and thanks for sharing your insights with our audience. 
Thank you very much, Helen, for having me here today.